1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. It's like a tradition. You turn on the radio Sunday morning and the beautiful velvety voice of Ray Lance comes out on your speakers. Good morning, Ray. <laughs> Good morning, Phil. Thank you for that uh, interesting introduction. And, of course, that follows the dulcimer tones of Phil Paleologos. So... Good morning to good you, morning. Phil. And good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and good morning, Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to yeah. USA Wealth Group's Money Wise. Welcome, indeed. And today we are going to be talking about some money subjects. We're going to be talking about how you can have a better retirement, some things you can do in retirement to protect your IRA and 401k accounts, make sure your beneficiaries are protected, and in general, retirement accounts are among the very most complicated things that we deal with. And people think that they're simple, but they're not. Mm. So lots and lots of rules, lots and lots of information. The good news is that we really try very hard to stay abreast of all the rules. And um, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. It's very easy to get in and out of our parking lot. We're on the west side of the street as you're heading north on 195 right across from vanity fair so by all means give us a call and visit us tenny you are uh happy to be here obviously because we're going to be talking about all of your detailed knowledge of iras and 401k accounts today right (laughs) thank you very happy right Right. i'm happy to be here my knowledge of iras and 401ks is a little limited but that's uh, because you know it all thank you she finally admitted it (laughs) you know it all i like that can i get a tape recording of that phil can i (laughs) cut that out and i can replay that once in a while at home yeah absolutely (laughs) well certainly in the area of iras and 401ks i I probably know a little bit more than you do because I've done a lot more training in that area. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. And it's fun. I just happen to enjoy this subject a lot. You Um, might mention the um, program that you went to in Florida earlier this year. Sure. Actually, it started last July. Um, Well, actually, it started a lot longer than that. As you know, I have a Master of Laws degree in taxation because I've always enjoyed that subject. Yes. But last July, I did something very interesting I went to the Ed Slot IRA program. He does a lot of television shows on Channel 2, public television. And he's a CPA. He has another CPA and a lawyer working with him. About eight or nine years ago, I went to one of his programs in Florida with our daughter, Catherine, who is a stay-at-home mom at the moment. Um, and we went to a tax program down in Orlando with Ed Slot. Well, I repeated that experience last July in Boston, For two whole days, we did nothing but IRAs. And if you think you know everything about IRAs, even going to one of these two programs, there are additional things that you'll learn. So keeping up with the latest information is always important. And then as Tenny mentioned, uh, this past January, I went down to a program at the uh, University of Miami Heckerling Tax Institute, and they do an annual program which is exhausting and exhaustive Mm. and very much detail about the new 2018 tax bill. So we are in 2018 right now, 
and we have some new rules. This morning we're going to be talking about new 401k rules and new IRA rules for 2018. We're going to be talking about some strategies for maximizing your 401k. So we deal with a lot of people that have 401k accounts. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Some things that you can do to be more protective about your money. And we're going to talk about IRA rules in general. Tenny, you do mostly estate planning and uh, you do a lot of work with Medicaid planning, protecting people's assets from nursing homes. But you also get a chance to deal with people's retirement accounts. And I know one of the things that you're concerned about in your practice, and I am in the financial world that I operate in, is to make sure that people have proper beneficiary designations. So let's start out with that subject as number one right now. Well, um, the first thing that we ask people to do when they come into our office to talk about estate planning is to give us information about their estate so we know what we're talking about. And uh, whenever we see that people have an IRA or even a Roth IRA or an insurance plan, anything that has a beneficiary schedule related to it, we ask them if they know who their beneficiaries are and can they put their hands on the piece of paper that identifies that. And it is absolutely amazing to me that the vast majority of folks do not really know who their beneficiaries are and don't know when they last updated it. And I tell them, you know, it has nothing to do with what we can do for you, but it's important that you contact the company that administers your IRA or has your life insurance policy to make sure that your beneficiaries are who you want them to be. Well, it is critically important. Not only is it important to know who your beneficiary is, but to make sure you have contingent beneficiaries. Because what happens if the first beneficiary you've named has died? Exactly. Or you no longer like them. <laughs> that could be the case also. <laughs> or yes. you get divorced. Right. Or and worse, you get divorced and remarried, and then you maybe have your former spouse as your main beneficiary. Well, you often tell the story of the New Jersey case that you might want to retell now. Oh, yeah. No, that's a wonderful story. I like that story. There was a gentleman who was single, had a 401k account. Uh, he named um, uh, his, his sister. sister. He named his sister as his beneficiary because he wasn't married. Then he got married, and he never changed his beneficiary. When he died a number of years later, he had a $1.6 million IRA account. His sister was still named the beneficiary. And his wife said, well, of course he meant to name me because I'm his spouse. And she filed a lawsuit, and it was rejected. And she took it all the way to the New Jersey Supreme Court. And they said, we're sorry, we can only go by the named beneficiary on this document. And the sister enjoyed getting that money, and she never gave it to the wife who died, who, who survived. So the moral of the story wow. is... Check out your beneficiary designations. But you know what else happens, Tenny? People uh, have money in a bank, and then the bank merges, and then it merges again, and they don't keep good track of those records sometimes. Exactly. Um, I met with a lady recently who has an IRA and who is divorced. And as we reviewed her uh, client intake form, I said, now who are your beneficiaries on that? And she said, gee, I don't know if it's still my former husband. Lord, it's really scary. 
Yes, we call those people laughing heirs <laughs> because they inherit something they never expected to get. So the moral of the story is know who your beneficiaries are, number one, and make sure you always have contingent beneficiaries. If you have any questions about it, make an appointment. Come in to see us. We'll review your documents. We'll help you call the company right there on the spot. We can call the company together. We can't do it without you being present. They won't talk to us unless the client is actually there. But together we can get on the phone, call the company, and say, please tell us who's listed as your beneficiaries. Give us a call at uh, 508-998-8858. If you want to make an appointment, we're happy to help you do that. So I think it's time to tell people that the secret of getting ahead is getting started. I like that. That was Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. He actually, although he was considered pretty raunchy in his day, he also had some good words of wisdom as well. Uh, and a Chinese philosopher once said, Bring me some chop suey. No, the quotation is from Lao Tzu. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I'm sure you've heard that before, Phil. Many times. But you have to get started. You can't just sit and listen and say, oh, that's interesting information. You have to do something. Take some action, folks. We always encourage you to do that. And if you don't know which first step to take, come and talk with us, and we'll give you an idea of what to do in what order and how to get it done. I want to mention something, and I can only mention this because it is in the public domain. There's a recent, a very recent end of April article in the Wall Street Journal that talks about Wells Fargo. And I'm going to mention, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you happen to be doing business with Wells Fargo, it is a good company, it's a big company, but you need to check and look at your accounts, and we're happy to help you review them. Wells Fargo has gone through a lot of fines and issues lately on a number of different things. Um, Most recently, they paid a $1 billion fine because of uh, supposed misconduct in the automobile and mortgage lending business. That's B, billion. Billion, $1 billion. Highest ever. $1 billion fine. Um, And obviously, they have to change their culture, and they are doing that. So we're not here to simply knock Wells Fargo. But guess what? They have a new probe being uh, undertaken right now by the Department of Labor on whether internally they've been pushing their clients who have money in a 401k account to roll it into an IRA account uh, with Wells Fargo. Why? Because they're making more money on the IRAs than they are on the 401ks. So now, just as they've paid a $1 billion fine for alleged uh, improper practices in mortgage lending and car insurance and car financing, now they're getting involved in another probe for what are they doing in their retirement division. Do you get a lot of people who want to raid their 401 accounts before it's time? Yes, and and absolutely no. That should be the very last thing that you'll ever touch. Um, I have some information, as a matter of fact, that... Now, Phil, I want you to say that Phil didn't set me up for this. We didn't talk about this no. ahead of time. But one of the books that I have, I just <coughs> photocopied some information this morning on that very subject. Um, you don't ever want to touch your 401k account or your IRA account The only time you might want to do that is if your house is in foreclosure and you absolutely have to have the money. Other than that, don't touch it. Don't ever take it out for a vacation. 
And this is, of course, while you're still working. When you're retired, right. it's a different such situation. Now you need to look at some other things. Um, Susie Ormon also had a quotation that said, I'm not going to put my fingers on it right away, don't ever touch your 401k account and borrow money against it or your IRA account unless you're in dire straits, your house is going to be foreclosed or something of that nature. Now, to make sure that people aren't confused about this, when you do seminars about Social Security after people are retired, as you say, there have been uh, your recommendations that they look at an IRA ahead of Social Security, but that's a whole different situation. Um, yes, it is, and I'm jumping around here because I'm looking for that Susie Ormond quotation, but maybe I'll find it, maybe I won't. Um, yes, it is. So this is going to be a program that we're going to call Stump the IRA Star Expert. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. So I'll answer your question. Um, when you go to retire, when you're thinking about starting Social Security, one of the things that we often tell people is, if you're retired, you're no longer working, you need money to increase your budget, then maybe you might be better off if you take money first from your IRA account to live on before you start activating your Social Security account. And the reason is if you start Social Security, let's say at age 62, it's going to be the lowest amount you'll ever receive and it will remain lower for the rest of your life. Whereas if you can defer Social Security until, say, age 66 or age 67 or even 70, you're going to make a lot more money, and it's going to be a lot higher for the rest of your life. So sometimes if you need money, you're better off, and obviously this is done on a case-by-case -case basis, to take money from your IRA account first and let the Social Security account continue to accumulate at a higher level. Yes, I, I didn't want people to be confused about that, but um, your original comment about don't raid your IRA or 401k uh, for anything that is other than maybe retirement uh, income is still a proper recommendation to people, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And you never want to take out money too early. Um, if you take it out before the age of 59 and a half, generally you're going to pay a 10% penalty on top of the regular income tax. So whenever you do take money out of a 401k or you take money out of an IRA account, it's ordinary income, it's taxable as ordinary income. But if you take it out before the age of 59 and a half, you're gonna pay a 10% penalty on that as well as the tax. There are some exceptions. There are some things called systematic withdrawal payments. You can take out money for education. Um, there are some emergency abilities to take money out. But as a general proposition, if you're taking it out just because you want the money, the worst thing you can do is take it out before age 59 and a half. So let's talk, we're going to get back in a minute and talk about how much money can you contribute into an IRA or a retirement account. But let's just talk about withdrawal since we're on that subject a little bit right now. You don't want to ever take it out before the age of 59 and a half because of the penalty. Between the ages of 59 and a half and 70 and a half, if you want money from your IRA account, your retirement account, you can take it. There won't be any IRS penalty. You'll just pay ordinary income tax on it. So you've got the flexibility during that time period. And then once you reach 70 and a half, you must, as a general proposition, you must begin taking minimum distributions. And it's called an RMD, Required Minimum Distribution. 
and the amount you take is based upon a particular table. And I will tell you that at the age of 70 and a half, when you start taking out your first IRA distribution, let's say, the amount that you're required to take is a little bit just under 4%. It's like 3.93%. So that's the amount that you must take. And as we all get, continue to get older, that percentage goes up every year. Why? Because the government wants you to take the money out so it can be taxed. I don't enjoy paying taxes. Do you enjoy paying taxes, Phil? Mm, not that crazy about it. <laughs> of course, paying taxes is the price we pay for democracy. I think that was Oliver Wendell Holmes that said that. You know, it starts to get scary when you can remember some of your quotations <laughs> and who said them. It means... Maybe we'll do a whole show on quotations sometimes. But it's also um, always amazing to me the number of people who come in and, and don't really realize what an IRA is and that they should be looking for their RMDs annually. They forget to take them. They've never heard what they really are or understood it. It's, it's pretty scary because there's a penalty if you don't take it, right? Well, there's a penalty um, if you... So since we're talking about the subject of withdrawing from your retirement accounts, if you don't take the money out that you're required to take once you reach age 70 and a half, then the penalty amount is really much more interesting because it's a 50% penalty. Mm. So you're going to pay income taxes, but you're also going to pay a 50% penalty. We've seen a number of people over the years who are 73, 74, and they've never taken a distribution. Now, there is a remedy for this. There is a way that you can correct it, and it's a little complicated to yeah. tell you over the radio. would be happy to share that with you in the office. Sure. There's a special form that you file with the IRS, and basically you say, mea culpa, mea culpa, I'm guilty. I made a mistake. I didn't realize what I did. I was sick. Mm -hmm. I didn't get good advice from my CPA or somebody. And right. And you need to show some valid reasons why you didn't do it. You need to fess up, right. basically, right. and say, I made a mistake. I'm now paying the money that I should have uh, paid. Um, I'm paying the taxes. I'm taking the distributions. I'm back on track now. But you got to do something to correct it. So if you're listening today and you're in that kind of category where you have forgotten to take it, skipped it, didn't understand it, you need to come in to see us right away. We'll help you fill out the form. We'll help you uh, find out the reasons that we can use as an excuse. And many times the IRS will be understanding about this and not charge the penalty. Beautiful. But don't sit there and do nothing. Give Tenny a call. Where, Tenny? 508-998-8800. We would be happy to sit with you. You know, taxes have been around for a long time, so we, we do have to be concerned about taxes constantly. So I'd like to have you um, listen to this quotation and see if you can tell me where it came from. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. That's uh, one of those uh, films like uh, Mel Allen, or what, what do they call those films there, huh? Huh? Parodies? Yeah, yeah. No, this actually came from the, the Bible. Oh, it did? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought, sure, you'd get that one. This I thought maybe Brian's story or something like that. No, this is from uh, Luke <laughs> chapter 2, verse 1. And this is, the, this is what led to... 
the birth of Jesus Christ, you yeah, know, and so yeah. forth, because they all had to go and pay their taxes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so taxes have been around for a long time, <laughs> but that's good. I like that film. We'll have to invent a movie about that. Well, you know how they came. Well, Mel Brooks probably did, didn't he? Mel Brooks, that's right. Uh, <laughs> He had uh, Moses coming down with 15 commandments and tripped and... <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, one of the tablets fell and shattered. And he said, 15, 10, 10 commandments. <laughs> I, oh, I'm he gonna was have wonderful. To, I'm going to have to go back and watch that movie. Oh, no. Mel Brooks, genius. He was, yes. indeed. So my brain thinks that way all the time. I should go see that movie again or... Pick it up on one of the channels. Uh, that's interesting. But no, tax has been with us for a long time. But you know what? The number one most important thing that we want to tell you about IRA accounts and 401k accounts, you have to start early, and you have to do it regularly, and you have to be very consistent about it. If you do that, you're going to have a really good retirement account. And it isn't really painful when you do it that way. You don't really remember that you... We're supposed to get another $10 a week or something, and it all goes away and sits in this account, and it builds and builds and builds. I saw something on the cap of my uh, iced tea bottle the other day about if you doubled a penny every day in some phenomenal amount, like 13 years, you would have $3 million or oh, something. Oh, no, 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 no. It's much better than that. One month. 30 days. 30 days. Yes. Okay. In, in 30 days, you'll have something like 3 or $4 million if you hey, simply yeah. double. Yeah. But it gets to be pretty expensive. <laughs> the beauty of compound interest. You talked yes. about that. Yep. Yeah. And Ben Franklin. Yep. It's a great, great example. Yeah. And Warren Buffett also talks about that uh, as well, the, the value of compound interest. Albert Einstein said the greatest invention in the world was uh, compound interest. But you have to start, and you have to start early. Yeah, here it is, Warren Buffett. My wealth has come from a combination of living in America, some lucky genes, and compound interest. There you go. So, you were right on it, Teddy. you got to start early. We're going to give you some very special, specific tips right after the break that we'll be at in just a couple of minutes. But I want to give you just a couple of quotes, and then let's come back to see if there's anything else we want to talk about withdrawing money. Well, first, I want to give you a quote from Susie Ormond that most people know about. I love the Roth IRA. Tax-free income in retirement is a truly great deal. And did you ever hear of a guy named Charles Schwab? Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Multi multi-billionaire, major investment company. Yeah. I remember very vividly, I wrote about it in one of my books, My First IRA. I contributed $2,000 every year. And in 21 years, the funds in that IRA account grew to $260,000. Seems like sort of a miracle, but it happened. Wow. So you start early. We've got so many stories we can tell you about clients who have come into the office that have estates of $2 million to $3 million. And it all started by simply putting money aside out of their paycheck every single week. Payroll deductions, you don't see it, goes into an account. When it reached a certain level, then they put it into CDs, and then they put it into life insurance. We helped them put it into uh, fixed indexed annuities and made even more money for them. But they did it regularly, regularly, regularly. So if you've got a 401k account, when we come back in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk about 
some really important tips on 401ks. If you have a 401k, always put enough money in to make sure you're going to get the match that the company is offering. The other thing that I would like you to talk about, because I even get confused about it, are the main differences between a Roth and a regular IRA. Yep, we'll do that. We'll say a little bit about conversion. Conversion is not for everybody, but it can make a lot of sense for some people. And um, so we're going to come back in just a minute. We've got a lot more to talk about. I think we're not going to talk so much about withdrawals, but I want to talk about some of the contribution rules and how much money you can put in and the importance of compounding, as we just talked about. But I'm going to give you some very specific tips on how you can maximize your 401k account. So stay tuned, and we will be right back with you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. You know, we're so happy to be with you every Sunday morning because we want to show you some ways that you can protect your family and protect your money. That's our mantra. That's our motto. And I like to think that some of the things that we are able to explain on the program will be useful to you for a good long time. So with us this morning is Attorney Tenny Lance. Tenny, thank you for being here. I'm so glad to be with you. I like the way that was said. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be with you, too. She said two things <laughs> that you like, that and you know it all. And I know it all. And I'm glad to be with you. It's a good morning for you, isn't it? It is. <laughs> let's, let's take a short break and we'll come back again and see what else you might say. <laughs> well, I want to talk about making money in your retirement accounts. There was an article recently. I read a lot of things, as you know, from listening to the show. And we want to tell you about retirement accounts, which is our main topic today. I read a lot. I read the Wall Street Journal. I pick up occasionally the USA Today uh, last week, there was an article, end of April again, on the retirement section. How soon can you hit $1 million in your 401k account? So first of all, it's not that common to be able to do that, but yet there are lots and lots of people are doing this. There's a gentleman at the age of 50 who's reached $1 million in his 401k account. He said, I max out my 401k. He puts in the maximum amount he can. I always took the philosophy of paying me first and spending the rest. And we've talked about that particular subject. Pay yourself first. Before you go out and pay this bill and that bill and buy something that you maybe don't need, make sure you put aside money for retirement. And the absolute best way to put money aside for retirement is to make sure it comes out automatically out of your paycheck. It's there. You don't see it. You see your net check, and then you budget the rest of your money in your net check. So if you have a 30-year-old person, for example, who makes $40,000 a year and puts aside just 11% of his paycheck a year in 35 years, that it's at the age of um, seven, uh, 65, you could reach $1 million in your 401k account. And it assumes a 7% return, um, which is not a bad return yeah, estimate. So good. you can do it. Consistency, starting early. Uh, it is estimate, estimated that only about 1% of the population has uh, that much money in a 401k account. But it can be done. It absolutely can be done. And what's important to remember is that um, when you and I were younger, it was more common for people to get pensions from their company after they've worked there for a long while. Mm -hmm. Now, 
there are very, very few pensions, and everyone is responsible for their own retirement and need to do it with these 401k systems. Well, the the sad thing to report, which this article also talks about, is that the the median value for retirement accounts, which includes IRAs and 401ks across the country, was $60,000 in the year 2016. And the median is, you know, you're half, you're in the middle. That's some above you and some below you. But that's a very, very, very low number. People who reach the larger level tend to side, tend to set aside money consistently every single week. And that's the message that we can't just say it often enough. Okay, Ray. I am um, often asked, what's a 401k? I, I don't have an IRA. What's a 401k? Well, a 401k is a company-offered plan. If you work for uh, an organization like St. Luke's Hospital, for example, you might have a 403b. It's very similar. And typically, it's a company-sponsored plan where the company sets up the plan. They often will agree to put in a certain amount of money as a match as long as the company, uh, the employee puts in the same amount of money. So let's say the company offers a 3% match. Then the employee should also put in 3% in order to get the company's 3% match. You never want to leave the match on the table. If your company has a 401k plan and it offers a 5% match, you want to make sure you make sure that you put in 5% yourself. But... What is a 401k as opposed to an IRA? Okay, an IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account. Only an individual can own an IRA. It can't be owned by a trust. It can't be owned in a corporation or anything else. But an individual can participate in a company-sponsored 401k plan. It's still the company's plan. So there's good points and bad points about that. The carrying costs, the burden of running that 401k, it's usually delegated to a larger outside company, but there are more expensive fees involved. Usually it's cheaper to have an IRA account. But here's the interesting news, Tenny, since you're sort of asking this question. Can you have both a 401k plan account and an IRA account? I don't know. Tell me. The answer is yes, you can. There's some minor exceptions. Gosh, there's so much that I want to tell everybody about, and it's so, so hard to do it in just the space of this, you know, 50 minutes that we have on the radio. But no, not all. I'm, I'm going to get to your point. I'm going to <laughs> anticipate sorry. your question. Uh, not every IRA contribution that you make is deductible. It depends on your income. But if you are working at a company that has a 401k plan, and let's say you max it out, we'll come back to some numbers in a minute. You can still have an outside IRA account, so you can really put aside a lot of money. There are many, many different types of retirement plans. Uh, There are IRAs. Most people are familiar with that. It's an individual retirement account. You might start out with doing that in a bank. If it gets large, you might want to put it into a different kind of investment. could be mutual funds. could be uh, in an annuity account. Uh, Sometimes that depends on your age. There are limitations on how much you can contribute. We're going to come back to contributions in a minute. A company-sponsored plan can be a 403B, typically for a nonprofit. It can be a 401K plan. 
It might be a fully insured defined benefit plan, which is called a 412 plan. They're fairly uncommon. Um, how they work is complicated. It could be a Keogh plan. Um, there are safe harbor rules, which means they tell you the rules of how much money you can put in and still be able to get deductions for it and so forth. So let's come back to just talking about 401k plans uh, for just a moment. I've got some very specific things that I'd like to share with you, uh, if you bear with me. And this is the I, kind of... Go ahead. I think that um, what I'm uh, often surprised by is that people who come in to talk to me about their estate plan and they have 401ks say, no, I don't have an IRA, but they've retired from that company and they still have it in the 401k plan. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me talk about that for a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so basically, I've said that the 401k plan is a company-sponsored plan. It's a form of deferring income because the money that the employee puts into the 401k plan, it's tax-deferred. It reduces their income. So it's a way that you can... You're technically not taking a deduction, but it's reducing your income if you're putting money into a 401k plan. And it goes into the company plan. Uh, Tax-exempt entities like nonprofits can also do 401ks. But you can either take the cash out as income or you can put it aside for retirement. And that's what you're really doing is putting it aside for retirement. Um, usually, but not always, the company itself will do a match. And... If you do this over time, when you go to retire, you can have a fairly large sum of money put up, uh, specifically for retirement. And it depends on how early you start. So let's just talk a little bit about contributing money into a 401k plan. We've said that you don't ever want to leave the company's match on the table. If they're offering to match 5%, you've got to make sure you're matching your own 5%. Otherwise, you're throwing money away. If you can afford it, Put in more than what the company's match amount is. Do it gradually. Every year, you know, maybe go up another 10 or $20 per pay period to add to it because you can put in a lot more money than just what the company is matching. So what happens when you retire? Because you've asked that specific question. When you retire, we always advise don't leave your money in a 401k plan. There have been some people who have done that and have totally lost their entire 401k plan. There was a company out of Texas called WorldCom. It was a big telecom company. And almost all of their 401k money, both the employer and the employees, was invested in the company stock of WorldCom. WorldCom went totally bust, totally bankrupt. The accounts were worthless. And people who had saved for years and years and years, lost everything in their retirement accounts. So one question to ask is, looking at your own retirement account, how much of the money might be invested in the company stock of the company that you're working for? What if that company gets acquired? What if it later goes out of business? What if it happens after you're no longer working there? Great questions. So find out if you've got company stock from the company you're working for that's in your own 401k plan. So here's a couple of simple rules. When you retire, don't leave the money in your 401k account as a general proposition for several reasons. One, the fees will always be higher in the 401k plan 
than they will be in almost any other kind of IRA plan that you can invest in. So we tell people we want you to take your 401k money and roll it over into an IRA account. That's what we do. We can help you set that up. And we do a lot of work with uh, deferred indexed annuities, which are principal protected. So you have a lot more safety. But the other important reason is not only are the 401k management fees more expensive, but you tend to be involved in more risky kinds of investments that you don't have any particular say in what you can do. You can you can rebalance the accounts periodically, but you're not really on top of that, and you're not really knowing what the money is, is, is doing for you. The other very important reason is there's something called a stretch IRA. So if you have an IRA account and you pass away, the IRA account, first of all, can be rolled over tax-free to your surviving spouse if you're married. What if you have younger beneficiaries and children? Um, if children are your contingent beneficiaries, for example, and they're going to inherit the money ultimately from your IRA account, the worst thing that they could do is have to take all the money in one year and pay a lot of taxes on it. It totally destroys the tax-deferred nature of the investment and they get to pay a lot of money to the government right away. Instead, what they're allowed to do with an IRA account is something called a stretch IRA. They can take withdrawals, they're required to take withdrawals, based upon the life expectancy of the child. And that money's gonna last a long time, and now when the child goes to retire, they're gonna have a very large IRA account. And maybe they didn't have their own IRA account or retirement account at work. So you can do a stretch IRA, but you can't do a stretch 401k. So there's several really good reasons to get the money out of a 401k account when you retire. And as you said, Tenny, I see lots and lots of people that come in. They retired five years ago, and they still have money sitting in the old company 401k account. So essentially, a 401k or a 403b is a essentially a form of an IRA. And I don't know that all people understand that. Well, the better way to call it is a qualified retirement account. Okay. So, and it's qualified because it is a tax-qualified retirement account. So a tax-qualified retirement account means the money can accumulate internally on whatever it's invested in without having to pay any taxes on it during the accumulation period. So while you have the money sitting in the IRA and you're not yet required to take money out of it, it's earning money at a higher rate than if you had it in a comparable taxable investment because you're not paying any income taxes on it while it's accumulating. But that's why when we reach this magic age of 70 and a half, the government wants you to start taking money out because they say, well, basically you've had a chance to accumulate this money without paying taxes. Now we want you to start taking the money out and pay taxes on it. So that leads us into, again, what's the difference between a Roth and a regular IRA? Okay. Um, the regular IRA, as you're calling it, is called a traditional IRA account. A Roth is called a Roth IRA account. <laughs> yes, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Be more forthcoming. You want more information than that? <laughs> okay, so here's what happens with the traditional IRA. In a Roth IRA, um, the contribution amounts are the same. Um, you get a tax deduction when you put money into a traditional IRA. 
It accumulates when you reach the age of 70 and a half, you must start taking minimum distributions. On the other hand, when you put money into a Roth IRA, uh, you're not going to receive a tax deduction for it. But you, when you reach age 70 and a half or any age, you're not ever required to take any money out. And the money that you take out, you're going to be able to take out without paying any taxes on it. It's a tax-free investment. So it's accumulating for as long as you want to. Um, you're earning money on it. You're not paying taxes on the accumulation. And then when you take the money out later, you don't have to pay income taxes on it. Uh, you began by saying that um, when you contribute to an IRA, there is a limit on the amount that you can contribute each year? Yes. It's basically $5,500 a year, but if you're over the age of 50, you can make it $6,500 a year. Every year? Yes. Okay. And that hasn't changed. And, you know, one of the things we often tell people is if you're expecting a tax refund, Instead of just go sp spending the money on something that you maybe don't really need, why don't you put the money into a retirement account? Okay, so that's a good idea. Uh, let me give you a couple of strategies before we run in total, out of time totally. Uh, to maximize 401k contributions, for example, um, number one, don't ever leave employer match money on the table. Make sure you're also contributing to at least... Um, be eligible to receive the match. Number two, set up automatic contributions. You want money taken out of your paycheck every week, whether it's $20, $40, $50, whatever it happens to be. Uh, number three, um, you always want to maximize any uh, contributions to the extent you can. Now, for some people, you need the money to live on, so you can't maximize uh, because it would be a lot of money. In 2018, for example, right now, under a 401k plan, a 403b, there's also a 457 plan, there's a thrift savings plan if you work for the federal government. Uh, that amount is going up by $500 this year. So in 2018, you can contribute $18,500 a year into a 401k account. Wow. So there's a higher limit on a 401k yes. than there is on a regular IRA. Yes, I'm not sure what the philosophy is on that, but that's what it is. It's probably the fact that it's going into a plan that's more managed, and maybe they think there's more discipline involved. And you can have both a 401k and an IRA. Yes, and there's there's some minor restrictions on that that we're not going to talk about on the radio. But so for 2018, you can put as much as eighteen thousand five hundred dollars into a 401k, 403b, 457. We do have clients that are making significant salaries, you know, $120,000, $150,000, a year, and they're absolutely just maximizing. And why wouldn't you? Yeah. It lowers your income. It lowers your income tax, and you're, you're really pumping away a lot of money. Um, there's also, that's for somebody who is up to the age of 50, okay, 18500 Once you reach the age of 50, there's a further catch-up contribution amount. Why? Because, first of all, 401k plans haven't been around for a long time, and therefore older people haven't had a chance to put in as much money as younger people who are starting today. So once you're over 50, now you can put in an additional $6,000 into your 401k. That's so $24,500 somebody over 50 can pump away into a 401k account. 
and still have an IRA at the 6000 per year. Yes. So you can, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful means of tax-exempt savings for your retirement. Right. Uh, Roth limitations. Um, After-tax Roth contributions, there are some income limitations on this as well. Individuals who earn less than $135,000 a year, that's an individual. For couples, it's $199,000 they're eligible to make a Roth IRA contribution. If you make more money as an individual than $135,000 a year, 199000 for couples, then there's a phase-out for how much money you can contribute into a Roth. So there are some limitations. It's all pretty confusing, and I it think it's, it's very clear why people do get confused about these subjects. And I think that's probably why it's important for people to come in and talk with you. Well, it is a confusing subject. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, I've got books, charts, maps, you name it, on how to do this. And what I want to tell you is that it's confusing. A lot of times what people are confused about with Roth IRAs is the fact that you can convert a traditional IRA into a Roth account. So there's good points and bad points about doing that. Some people come in to me and say, I've got a large IRA account. I'd like to convert it into a Roth because I understand that I won't have to pay income tax on the Roth withdrawals when I take the money out later. That's true, but if you're going to take a traditional IRA and convert it into a Roth IRA account, it's like cashing out of the traditional IRA. You have to pay in income taxes on it. Why would you want to do that? Well, some people have a lot of money and a lot of assets, and they say, well, I'm going to pay the taxes anyway, and I won't have to pay the taxes later. Or maybe there's a year when you have a lot of deductions that you can offset against that. Yep, that's a good point. The other thing to tell you is that sometimes grandparents will do this because they want to leave money aside for grandchildren and children, and they don't want them to have to pay income taxes so remember, with a traditional IRA, somebody will always pay income taxes on it, whether it's you as you take the money out or if it passes along to your beneficiary and they take the money out, then they ought to do a stretch IRA if they can. But when they take the money out, when anybody takes money out of a traditional IRA, it's ordinary taxable income. So if you have a couple who have a larger IRA and they want to convert to a Roth, they're going to pay the income taxes now, but the the ultimate beneficiaries later are not going to have to pay income taxes on it. Interesting. And as people um, get into their retirement years, they don't have as much income, so maybe it makes more sense at that point to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think the best thing to do is to have you uh, counsel people about the benefits one way or the other of either converting or not converting, holding a, f a 401k or turning it into a traditional IRA and so forth. So how do they reach you, Ray? Well, just give me a call at 998-8858. That's 508, of course, 508-998-8858. I enjoy this. I get really enthusiastic and excited about it. I always like to start with a budget. I want to see somebody's budget both now and in retirement. Then I want to look at their assets secondly and say, how soon are you going to need money? We want to make sure you're not going to run out of money. I've met with some people lately, uh, just recently, that 
I said, if we don't do something to slow down your rate of spending, you're going to run out of money in three years. Wow. We've got to do something drastic and try to make your money last longer. But um, quickly on 401ks, get a match. If there's a match, get a match. Sometimes you have to work for a company for a particular number of years Mm -hmm. before you are vested. Don't leave the company before you're vested if you can avoid it. Because you know what? When you leave the company, you can move the 401k. Right. And you don't necessarily want to take the money from your old company and move it to the new company. This is a unique opportunity when you go from one company to another to take your old 401k and move it into an IRA instead. But it's very important tax benefits for you. There's ways to roll over money without fees. We really enjoy this process. The last thing I want to mention really quickly in terms of substantive information, generally if you're 59, 59 and a half, most companies allow you to take money out of your 401k and do what's called an in-service distribution and put it into an IRA where now maybe you might invest it more cheaply and perhaps more conservatively than in the 401k. And perhaps with better returns. Yes, much better returns. So we've done that in many cases. It's called an in-service distribution. Talk to us about that. Sounds good. Most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of breath. (laughs) This is what happens. He gets so excited about imparting all of this information to as many people as possible. He really loves it. Well, remember the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. (laughs) True. And a final quotation from Amelia Earhart. The most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is mere tenacity. I like that. Amelia Earhart. Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. We'll see you next week. (laughs)